This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 54 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and as ever Gary's with me. How are you getting on? You sound a little bit nasal my end. Do I? Yeah. I'm probably just overtired or something. I don't know. Here we that. go listeners, get your violin out. Ben's tired again. <laughs> I'm going to say nothing because last week I made it, I, I put together what I thought was quite a good uh, quite a good uh, set of words on, on how our performances were and all I've had all week from everybody that's seen me is, oh I've got a hangover Ben. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's alright because we've actually made a fortune uh, because the uh, the people that make the sleeping drug Zoplicone um, want to sponsor the pod because they think that the two things go quite well together so <sighs> anyway we've got a guest this week haven't we we have oh and he's well, live in the studio with Gary. yeah i mean you you, you you he's sat with you he's, he's live in the studio to, he's sat next to me so yeah that makes sense doesn't it yes this week we have um roy with us he's been on the uh been on the show before welcome roy hello welcome guys thanks for having me on what did you think of yeah, Ben's was- over analogy last week Ouch! <laughs> no, it's quite good, Ben. Thank you, <laughs> bunch of bastards. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. I'm. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut this week and uh, and and let you guys sort of take the lead on everything because uh, yeah, I've I've been I've been royally royally plastered all over social media this week. So you know what it is, uh, Ben. It, it is a sign of affection. It, it's a way of. <laughs> cementing a reputation do you know what i mean i you should be flattered that you've been hammered on social media the, they always say don't they no publicity is bad publicity if people are taking the time to go on social media and call you a boring bastard you've achieved something <laughs> and yeah yes i have achieved becoming a boring bastard excellent brilliant can oh, we talk about yeah, let's let's do that because that's that's sort of what we're here to do. So, um, we'll start with Blackpool, and uh, I know Gary, you've you've only really seen the highlights, um, and I think Roy went. So, um, we'll just yeah. cast Gary off for a few minutes, if that's all right, Roy, and we'll we'll have a chat. Yeah, no, no problem at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, what, what did you think? I I, I thought we were. I, I thought the performance was uh, a lot better than. Um, kind of where I expected it to be at that stage. Um, I think really the um, the overriding feeling uh, was that Blackpool were just a better side, and that's why we lost. It wasn't due to a poor performance. It wasn't due to you know horrendous mistakes. I mean, it was the, the two goals came from a a slightly misplaced pass um, from Joe Morell, and then the second goal was a bit you know, it's a bit special, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I sort of agree. I thought we grew into the game. I thought we, actually, I thought we started quite poorly, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, I was thinking about when I was driving up there and it was it's sort of a, 
an experience I hadn't had for a while going to an away game. I was sort of going without any sort of real belief or expectation that we were going to get a result, which was a, a bit mm. sad. And, and after 20 minutes, I thought, crikey, you know, we're, we're going to be on the receiving end of a pasting here. And to give yeah. them... To give the players credit, they sort of grew into the game. I thought they rolled their sleeves up. They didn't capitulate like they did at, at South End. Um, but at the end of the day, they put in a, a lot of effort. But I think you're right. They they just weren't they just weren't good enough at the end of the day. Yeah, and they had the they had the chances, particularly second half, um, but didn't really trouble the keeper. You know, there was a, a lot went wide and and. It was just, you just got the feeling that it just needed something a little bit different and it, it didn't didn't quite happen. Um, yeah, there was just that little spark that was needed, wasn't there? It was um, it was one of those games where you, you watch it and like you say, after 20 minutes, I think there was a few people sat there with their heads in their hands going, oh Christ, here we go again. But to be fair, they, you know, they, they picked themselves up, they got a quick goal back and... Um, I think Gary actually said it in um, in his, his post that uh, it it, it kind of looked like there was only going to be one winner or one you know one team that was going to score again in the last twenty five minutes or so, um, and uh, you know I think Josh Vickers uh, pulled off an excellent save uh, in the second half, which will hopefully do his confidence the world of good, um, and I think Blackpool. I think if the, the post was possibly a, a couple of you know layers of paint thicker, it might have hit the post with an effort. But other than that, there wasn't a huge amount for them to shout about, um, at least from from where I was sat. But overall, I think uh, I think the players can can be proud of themselves in this, for the second off performance. Um, and uh, yeah, personally, I thought Bruno was uh, was fantastic um, and. Jack Payne as well had a had a really good game. I mean, who was your who were your sort of standouts? Yeah, I'd agree with you on Bruno. I think he he, he him and Toffolo looked like the the likely area where a goal was going to come from, either from an assist or you know from Bruno scoring. I thought mm. Neil Early had a good game actually, um, but I I just thought that although I sort of agree with you, but I just thought although we had a lot of the ball in the second half, I always sort of felt maybe Blackpool sort of had control of the game, if that makes any sense. I, I, yeah. I I think, you know, like I say, we didn't really trouble the keeper. I was pleased with Payne. Um, I think that's been a long time coming for him. He's, he's, he's missed a few sitters, hasn't he, since he's, since he's yeah. been with and um, He took the goal really well. and um, But I just felt there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a sort of gap in class between the two sides. And, Although you say the players can be proud of themselves, I'm I'm getting a bit bored of losing at the minute. And <laughs> I just yeah. Want to yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, isn't it brilliant having Roy on the show? Because, <laughs> hey, God, if you thought that last week was was getting bad with Ben and his hangover analogy, we've got Mister Happy sat next to me now as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I I think that we at the end of the day we're on a terrible run and we sort of keep trying to take the positives out of these defeats. And what I'm trying to say is it's time to stop the excuses. The other, the, the two have gone now, Appleton, Michael, Appleton is in charge and, you know, it's all about results and we need to start winning some games. And I just thought that we were just short again on Friday. I think there's something there to be built on. Don't get me wrong. I don't think all of a sudden we become a crap side. But I think the players mm. lacking are just lacking something at the minute, and hopefully um, Michael can get on the training pitch and and do what he's obviously good at, which is coaching, and 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 get them into a more of a solid unit, and and just start winning some games, so that we're not mm. discussing trying to take positives out of another defeat, because it, at the end of the day, that's that's what it's all about, you know. And I just feel that. <laughs> while not wanting to go back over history and not wanting to compare anybody with what's gone before in the past, one thing that has happened over the last three years is there's been a massive change in culture at the club into mm. a winning club. You know, we're used to winning games and we're used to going to places where we perhaps under pressure or shouldn't win or haven't won for years and, and coming away with a win and saying, you know, 
forgive my language, but bollocks to the reputation of the players that we're playing against and bollocks to the reputation of the side. We're going to try and win this game. And I'm just getting a yeah. little bit, and I don't want to bring it down. Sorry, everyone, I don't want to bring it down. A bit late, mate, now. But I just want to, I just want to say, <laughs> it's time, I think, for the players to stick their chest out a bit more, lift their heads up and start winning some games. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult at this point in the season because we've obviously got... Um, well, we've obviously got some very difficult games coming up in the league. Um, we've got Sunderland on Saturday, then that's followed up quite quickly by Peterborough. And it's like, well, those three games at the start of the season, you wouldn't have wanted them to come back to back when you're already in a bit of a, a losing streak, would you? It's, it's. I mean, Gary, what what are your thoughts on where the run's going to, when we could potentially stop it? I, I don't know. I know you're sort of... Your view on on the, the the downward run at the moment is that it's it includes games where you think right well maybe we can discount that one and you know like the two check trade games and the the Everton game but what, what, what's your view on it at the moment? Yeah, I mean I I don't like losing football games, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with Roy on that. But at the same time, I I kind of think it's almost like year dot when when Appleton came in you know the, the 6-0 uh, against Oxford I wasn't there so perhaps I'm not in a, in the same boat as you guys who had to sit through that dirge um but you know I, I think if if you go back to before the previous manager um was deciding he wanted to up sticks you'd probably get to uh Fleetwood possibly something like that um and at that point, you know, we, the games that we had lost, MK Dons and Doncaster, we were more than in the game. And I'm not looking for excuses, but we proved early doors that we can score goals and we can create. Um, for me, Blackpool, I wasn't too disappointed with the defeat, but then I didn't have, to, I didn't drive all the way over to Blackpool and watch the game. And again, I think that adds a little bit of um, a little bit of something when you're looking back on it because you think about putting your time and effort in to go over there and to watch it. And then if there's one or two players you think, you know, he's he's not really cutting the cheese at the moment and you feel let down. And you know, let's 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 be entirely honest when we look talking about certain players, there are one or two who perhaps haven't been producing what you would expect them to produce or who didn't produce who were producing rather at the beginning of the season. That's the most amount of times I've said the word producing in ten seconds. Um <laughs> so you look at Callum Connolly, arguably. You look at, dare I say, Harry Anderson, possibly. Definitely. Um, across the back, you know, we're not keeping clean sheets. So you've got to point the finger at, at all of the defenders in that respect. Certainly the three that play centre-half, a bit harsh on Bozzi because he's been injured. I'm not going to call Toff out, but again, Neil Erdley. So, you know, these aren't bad players, but you're beginning to wonder when you, you go all the way to Blackpool, you want to see the best version of those players. And if you haven't, then you feel more cheated. Do you know what I mean? Um, in terms mm. of run, when can it end? Well, look, the first chance that it gets to end is Saturday. Um, and we're going to do a bit of a preview on that anyway. There's every chance we could get a result on Saturday, um, in my opinion. It's not, uh, It's not. when I say it's not likely, yeah, it's not the most favourable outcome. A Sunderland win is obviously the one that the bookies will be looking at. Um, but I think there are aspects of our play and aspects of Sunderland's play where the run could end. Peterborough, you know, we keep talking about Peterborough. They're only, what, seventh? So there are only four places above us anyway. So you look at form. Form is a really interesting beast because it's easy to look at uh, any season, pick out six or seven games ago, that was a bad run of form. Look at last season when we were drawing all those games and people saying, oh, we've only won one in six or we've only won one in seven and then we won the league. So we have to turn it around. And with Roy, if we, if we go all the way through October and don't win another game, we're going to be in the bottom four or five. And then the pressure is going to be on the new manager. Um, but for me, Blackpool is a hard one to start picking apart because it was his first game. He'd been working with the players since Monday. They came off the back of a 6-0 defeat. They were largely unchanged. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what last night's game has brought about for in terms of team selection on Saturday. Yeah, I mean we can uh, we can move on to last night's game. Um, I think it was one that a lot of uh, a lot of readers and a lot of listeners were expecting uh, me to be at, and, and you know be sat there front row in the away end with my with my big Man United <laughs> shirt and, and all the rest of it. But uh, I didn't go, uh, not because I'm you know not because I'm back in the boycott anything like that. I, I was just I couldn't make it um, for a couple of different reasons. But anyway. Um, you were you were in the press uh, press box last night, Gary. What did you think? Oh, well, here I am. I'm going to get a reputation, but I'm going to talk positively about a defeat. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It was a, it was a game of football that we dominated, and we should because we were playing kids. Um, we were one or two players away from winning that game, three or four one. Um, there was positives to take. Thought Harry Toffolo again was absolutely immense. Everything that we went down the left, everything that we tried to produce down the left, there's that word again, um, worked. Toff, Graham, Jake Hesketh, brilliant, played really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. We hit the bar early doors, I think. Jake Hesketh hit the bar. Um, yeah. And we just got really good. And then it was one break and one goal. And, and therein, I mean, Roy's next to me is just almost shrugged because <laughs> he's almost saying, well, there's my point in that football is, you know, you, you don't win games through possession. And somebody came up to me, I, I can't remember who it was, and they must forgive me if they're listening, saying, you know, these possession stats are all right, but there's only one stat that earns you the points. Um, I get that in the Czech trade trophy or whatever they decide to call it now. Um, it doesn't really matter. There were positives yeah. for Michael Appleton to take away. Um, I thought Max Melbourne did well at centre half, not fantastically well. Not you know he should play against Sunderland well, um, but well enough to make me think that we've got four centre halves on our books and not three. Um, Aaron Lewis had another good game at fullback, and it's going to be very very hard to keep him on the bench for any period of time, um, especially when Michael Appleton's talking about age. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so there were there were positives. The, the massive negative was we lost. Um, after we conceded the goal, the heads went down probably for 10, 15 minutes and it went very disjointed again. Uh, and the, I, I never thought I'd find myself saying this, but John's just not doing it at the minute. Um, mm. You've got, you know, you've got a six foot three, whatever he is, big centre forward, you know, strong, robust. I don't think you want a header against two 17 year old kids. And I don't care if they're 17 year old kids that play for Manchester United. Um, 17-year-old kids and they haven't got senior experience. They probably haven't had to handle somebody like John who's, who should be all elbows and all strength. Here's a really, really harsh thing for me to say. Had Tyler Walker started uh, last night, we probably take a point out of that game or win it. Had Matt Reed played that night, we, last night, we'd probably take a point out of the game or win it. Mm. I think that was uh, that was something that, that seemed to come through on the on the commentary was that it didn't seem like uh, didn't seem like John had the best of nights, um, and you know he, he seemed. I, I don't want to use the word ineffective because it's it's always a bit harsher than it actually sounds. But um, yeah, I think it it sounds certainly that that was that was the case last night. Um, did you go, Roy? No, I backed the boycott. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it, Wembley, it, it, no. Did you not? No. You didn't go to Wembley? No. Proper boycott. Well, that made me look like a knob, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was one of those where, um, again, I, I don't know whether um, Michael Appleton's taken this or was taking it quite as seriously as, as was being lauded and made out before the game. Um, I mean, did it, did it seem like it was a game that they almost expected to lose, Gary, or was it? Absolutely not. Um, no, it was a game that they went out to win. Um, the, the, right. pace with which, the pace with, with which we started the game um, was incredibly impressive. Uh, we, we poured all over them for 20 minutes. They went up, they got the goal, the heads went down for 15. We got back into it again. Um, should have scored just before half time. No, there was there was no doubt to me that they went into this expecting to lose the game, none whatsoever. If that was the case, I would have been incredibly disappointed. But um, absolutely not. No, the, I think that the, the changes that were made. If you think about it, if they if they were going into it to lose the game, Alex Bradley and Jordan Adebayo Smith would either have played or featured at some point. And the changes that he made in bringing on Callum Connolly, Bruno Andrade, um, they're changes that are made with a view to winning the game and. It's as simple as that. Last year at this time, we were bringing on Jamie McComb and Tom Shaw in the uh, yeah. trophy. So, no, absolutely not. Not a chance. No, that's fair enough. I, I didn't really think about it a lot, to be honest. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that comment of, um, that comment of you know, the heads seem to go down or, you know, after the goal, that almost seems to be a bit of a motto at the minute. Do, do you think there's a like a real confidence issue in the squad or...? That's a, yeah, I, 
I think, well, you can look at Blackpool. We went two down and, and we got a goal back pretty much straight away. Um, mm. I do think that over the last couple of games, uh, there's been a few little niggles with the players biting at each other, you know, and having a moan. And um, it, I don't know. I think I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So I could say the spirits in the camp's not not great, but I'm, I'm not sure that's true. I just think they're on a bad run. And and mm. looking at the highlights of the game last night, you know, they had some really good chances that they should have put away. And you could say football's a funny thing, funny funny old game, but football is a funny old game. If we'd have been on the back of three successive wins, those goals, those shots probably would have gone in, you know. Mm. Um, but I think it's back to my original my point on the Blackpool game. I think last night was a was a great opportunity to register a win, whether it was in that rubbish competition or not. And I think it's 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 a shame that they didn't. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it that they did go out to win the game. And perhaps the worrying thing is that they didn't win the game. But I think, you know, we've got to give, I don't want to be too harsh on any of them, really. I mean, the club's been through a bit of turmoil over the last the last few weeks. My point is, we can't keep taking the positives. We've got to start winning. And I'm sure they're all trying to do that. I'm not faulting the effort of anybody at the club. But I suppose I'm just a bit frustrated. But, but on a positive, yeah. um, <laughs> Harry Toffolo played really well. Grant Smith had a good game. Kian Bolger came through as captain. Max Melbourne looked good. Aaron Lewis was was really good. Um, look, if we'd lost that game one 0 in the league, I'd be I'd be hacked off. But if we play that game in the yeah. league, there are one or two players who would have played who didn't. And um, dare I say, and if he's if his dad's listening, you know, sorry, I didn't think Ellis had a particularly good game last night. Um, yeah, if that's a league game, probably Ellis isn't in the, in the midfield role. Joe Morell is, so we're creating a little bit more. If it's a league game, Tyler Walker starts up front. Um, even with the the attacking players that started in a league game, you've got Jack Payne and Bruno Andrade come on. Okay, you know we wouldn't be playing a team of seventeen year olds, but if we, I firmly believe that if we dominate a match in the league as we did against United last night, we will win that game because I believe. Um, there's differences. There's differences in Michael Appleton's approach uh, to he who shall not be named. Uh, we play more of a four-four-two. Jake Esketh said in his post-match press conference that the idea was for him to get in and around John O'Kindy and pick up the bits and pieces. And as I wrote, unfortunately, because John wasn't really on it, there wasn't any bits and pieces. So everything that we were make, everything that we, we kind of got away at goal was, was being created. Possibly, dare I say, down one side. Um, you know, Harry came into the game and went out of the game in different spells. And there was one or two runs that Harry made that were blind alleys that ended up in a chance. I mean, I remember one, he come from centre circle, charged towards the 18-yard area. No attempts to go left, to go right. He just basically ran straight forward, straight into a defender. Um, the ball bounced up over the defender's head and ended up at the feet of George Grant, 12 yards out. And Grant, kind of a little bit surprised, scooped his shot wide. So, um, yeah, but again, that. When I say I'm not criticising Harry, I blatantly am, so uh, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, but uh, yeah, Harry didn't have a terrible game, but I just think after the start he had at the beginning of the, at the, at the beginning of the season, I think I think it's interesting. I'll, I'll be, I mean, I know you're probably sick of the sound of my voice, Ben, at the minute, but uh, I'm already <laughs> seeing one or two winners and losers from Michael Appleton coming in. Um, I think one loser is, is Michael O'Connor, um, which is really, really harsh on O'Connor because I think he's been excellent. But last night, Keon Bolger was given the captaincy and O'Connor was on the pitch. I think that's telling. I think that's really telling. Mm -hmm. And I think Harry is one of the players that's been affected by he who shall not be named going. Um, I wonder if Harry starting last night is a precursor to Bruno and George playing on the flanks with Jack Payne behind in the whole... In, in, central role or Jake Hesketh in the centre role and Payne playing out wide with Anderson on the bench for Sunderland. Mm, that's think, a good uh, shout. Sorry, Ben, I was just about to say, I think Anderson does miss. I think he was coached throughout the 90 minutes by the previous mm. um, regime and I think he's um, he's probably uh, probably missing that. Um, I sit across from the dugout and you, you could see that he was, you know, they were on at him for the whole 90 minutes. And uh, yeah. that's probably one of the reasons he's, he's perhaps not hit the heights that he did at the, the early part of the season. 
Well, I did notice actually um, at the at the Blackpool game, um, there was uh, I I went to to, to the loo during the match, and then as I was going to uh, going down the uh, down the steps, like there was a there was a throw in for Blackpool, and you, all you could hear was um, Erdley just screaming, you know, H H H H H, look H, you know, and it was it was one of those where I think, yeah, you're right in that he, he might well have needed that, that coaching from, uh, f- from the, the, the previous, uh, previous regime. So it'll come. It's certainly interesting. It'll come though. Let's, let's be yeah. honest. Michael Appleton is new to the, the squad just as much as they are to him. And if he really oh, Anderson needs a coaching, then brilliant. And if he doesn't, then Huddersfield can come in with a million quid and, uh, <laughs> and we'll be like him. As long as George Grant doesn't return to Nottingham Forest on loan, or whatever it was that the people said. Somebody even said it said to me yesterday uh, going into the game, and I, I won't say who it was. I go, Grant's not interested, you know, is he? It's like within a minute he's had two efforts, and he was uh, Tomo's man of the match, and um, kind of thought it's almost like Grant was sticking a middle finger off. Tell you something, that kid looked as ready and as interested as he's ever been. I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't believe that there is a problem in the squad. I mean, I spoke to Jason Shackle. Uh, for the program last night, and uh, I got the stock answers and the usual stuff. You know, the you know we're we're a tight squad, we're a good young player, the normal stuff. And then I moved on to some jokey questions, and I won't kind of cover them. Um, but he was talking about another player in the squad, and you just got a sense of togetherness. You kind of once the guard was let down, it. I'm sure there are going to be one or two that are not going to be overly impressed. They're overly happy. Um, I I firmly firmly believe that by the time October's out, that we'll have another six six points on the board. And I know that's not, you know, when you think about who we're playing, um, I can see us getting a result against Sunderland. I think we'll struggle at Peterborough. I think we can beat Shrewsbury. And I think that we can get something at Portsmouth as well. And bear in mind, we finished the month off at Bolton. So there's an opportunity there probably for me to go seven or nine from, seven or eight from from five. So Okay. Fair enough. Right. Well, um, we, we've we've sort of alluded to it, so um, let's uh, let's talk about Sunderland. Um, or do we want to actually? Do we want to do our little uh, uh, Ooh, yeah. encroaching semi regular feature? Yes. Let's go to this. So, yeah. So um, yeah, let's yeah. go. Jimbo. So I'm here with uh, with our roving correspondent Jimbo. Jimbo, did you enjoy your trip to Blackpool? It was alright. Brilliant, fantastic. And uh, and how do you think Lincoln played, Jim? Alright, not bad. Fascinating insight there. And uh, did you pick a man of the match at all? Uh, yeah. Can't remember. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, there we go. That's Jimbo's insights for the week. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> So there we go, that's the insights of, I'm not going to call him a roving reporter, but that's the insights of Jimbo, uh, who has his own jingle now. So um, more from Jimbo <laughs> next next week or the week after. We'll talk about Sunderland. Um, some people are probably going to say it's uh, Michael Appleton's first uh, competitive fixture, which I think is probably a bit harsh, but um, it's his first league game at home at Central Bank. He's going to feel what it's like to have a sellout behind him. Um, sellout crowd, I mean, not someone that's just sold the soul out for money, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. It's going to be loud. It's going to be incredibly uh, intense. And I'm really annoyed because I'm working from about two o'clock on Saturday. And if I can't get my work done quickly enough, I'm going to miss the bloody game. Oh no! I'm I'm proper pissed off about that, but there we go. Um, so yeah, let, let's. Uh, how you said you think we can get something out of it? Um, what what's pushing you towards that? And I mean, if we do get a result, I personally think it might be a one-all draw because that seems to be Sunderland's specialty at the minute. Well, that's that's what I think that we can get out of it. I think we can get a draw. Sunderland are a very very hard team to beat. They lost the fewest amount of games, I think, in League One last season. Um, but it was draws that did for them. They don't have the killer instinct under Jack Ross. Um, he's not a particularly popular man. Uh, they won 3-1 against Accrington the other week, uh, and they were calling for his head after the game. Um, 
they struggled against Bolton. Okay, this is a slightly different Bolton, but they, they only drew, uh, I think, was it 1-0, 0-0 with Bolton? Um, bad mm. result. They were hammered at Peterborough. I, I say hammered, it was 3-0, it wasn't 6-0. Um, but they were, they were beaten comfortably at Peterborough. Um, they're a little bit inconsistent, which is crazy to say when they're fifth. Um, but they are, and, and the fans turn on them quite quickly. And I always think in these big games, it's sometimes a bit of a hindrance. You get 9,500 in Sinsel Bank and 2,000 of them are Coventry fans. Those 2,000 have come to sing. Whereas the 7,000 home fans, you've got 1,000 that want to sing and then the rest that kind of probably don't. And yeah, I'm not criticising fans that don't want to sing. There's times where I sit there and don't want to want to watch the game. But if the Sunderland fans see their team concede a goal there's less likelihood of them being the 12th man and getting back behind them. So I don't think that we could suffer in this like we did against Mansfield last year, for instance, where they got the late winner, they uh, late equaliser, the ball was sucked in. Coventry beat us 2-1 in a big game. Um, Notts County, I seem to think that was 2-2 a couple of years ago. And Do you know what I mean? When there's a big crowd, it doesn't always work in our favour. Um, now, to look at Sunderland's setup. They play a 4-2-3-1, which is similar to, to what we play. It's not a particularly fluid one, so you don't expect to see them go 4-4-2. Don't expect to see them go all out. Um, they've got such a great array of strikers. £6 million worth of strikers. Will Grigg worth £4 million. Mark McNulty worth uh, a million, arguably. Charlie White the same. McNulty's been out injured. Aidan McGeady was out injured, I believe, this weekend as well. So you've got Charlie White up top. Now, we shouldn't really be scared of White. They paid a million pounds for him, but he's played for Carlisle and Bradford. He's never played outside the League One particularly. Um, they played Luco 9 uh, in the 10 role, ironically, this weekend. Luke um, <laughs> played right back for them last year uh, and scored for Wickham on our opening, on our first game back in the Football League. Really nice, tidy little player, but a good League One player. Um, out wide, you've got Lyndon Gooch on one flank, Chris Maguire on the other. Well, Maguire's playing a kind of a wide attacking role at 30-31. I, I just think you can look at their squad and they've got some fantastic players, but it's not really coming off. They've got a championship squad, arguably. George Dobson just signed for them, former Walsall captain, not getting a game. Um, Max Power's a real danger. He scored two in two uh, and he's got probably the coolest name in football. Um <laughs> back. They've, they've kind of just shuffled around at the back as well. So uh, they had uh, Jack Baldwin, I think, did he join Salford mm-hmm. on loan? Uh, Joel Lynch has just gone there. He's championship quality centre-half. Dylan McGeeck, 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 something like that, came from uh, Hibernian or Celtic, former former Celtic player. I, I can just see something coming from it. I really can. They've got a mistake in them at the back. And if their fans get on them, um, then then we could get something. However, I have also been telling everybody who listens that Sunderland have got a massive thrashing in them at some point. Where it's all going to click and they're going to pump somebody 5-6-0. Uh, because when it does click, when those players do all come online, when they do pick the right lineup, um, and I'm talking here the likes of Dobson playing in the holding midfield role with power, talking about Mark McNulty back to fitness, playing in the 10 behind Charlie White or Grigg finally hitting form, McGeady being fit, uh, Watmore being fit. They've got a big win in them as well, so I think we. I don't think we'll win. I, I don't. I, I just think. I think there's a draw there, but we could get pumped heavily, which would be the worst thing because I think Roy would would just. <laughs> I, 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 I struggle to to understand what it might be like for what Roy's partner if we lose again with the permanent cloud that's followed him into my kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're all hoping for that. Then it's uh, it's not going to happen. But uh, go on, then, Roy. What, what what do you reckon for uh, for Saturday? I think the key to this game is us starting well. Uh, sounds obvious, but I think what Gary said about their crowd and their their fans is true. I think if we start the game well and put them under pressure and stay in the game and, and keep them out, I think their fans will get on their back. Um, they're sort mm. of. They're finding it hard as an ex-Premier League club to adjust to life in League One. They they sort of, there's a bit of a sense of entitlement there that they should turn up to places like Accrington and not just win 3-1, but win 5, 6, 7. Um, and mm. if things aren't going, their way, aren't going their way early on, I think, you know, there'll be nearly 2,000 of them there. I think they'll let the team know about it. Um, in fact, I think they were singing... You don't know what you're doing to Jack Ross on Saturday when they were two one up at home to, to Milton Keynes or one of the games recently that they were winning. So um, the key is to start well 
stay in the game and if we can get the first goal, I personally think we'll win. Um, I think the worst side is as much as I have brought a black cloud into Gary's kitchen, I do actually think there were positives to take out the Blackpool result and the Blackpool performance. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's another week where he's had the guys on the, on the training pitch and he'll be aware that it's his first league game. Michael Appleton will be aware it's his first league game at Cecil Bank and he'll want, I'm sure he'll want to, uh, to put a marker down. Um, I think the, the, the first 20 minutes are key. If we start like we did against Blackpool, then I could see us getting beat. Um, but if we start well and we're up for the game and we, play the game not you know don't get drawn into oh it's Sunderland it's Sunderland it's just another team and as Gary said about the, the players they're not you know it's not a Premier League team that we're playing they're League One players alright some of them might be Championship players but they're League One players and we've got a team of League One players and we should approach it like that get stuck into them put them under pressure and um, let's have a win yeah, I, I think you, you've got it spot on in that the, uh, the 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 fans almost seem to be like, oh well, you know, we should be hammering the likes of, of Little Lincoln or you know Accrington or or whoever it is that they they decide that they want to show up against. Um, and I think you're absolutely spot on that if we do get that the, the decent start, then I think it's uh, you know the shocks on as as uh, you know as I said, but. Um, I I can personally see this one really. I think that I think a draw is probably a it, a draw will be a cracking result for us. Um, you know, like we sort of said last week as well. Um, but it would be absolutely lovely to get three points on the board for uh, for the new boss's first uh, for the new boss's first game. So a couple of, just we will have to see. a couple of quick flyers then from all of us. I'm going to talk selection now. Um, Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Roy, go to Ben, and then I'll come in. So Roy, first of all, Vickers or uh, Vickers or Smith? Vickers. Ben. Vickers. I I think Vickers. So that flopped. Um, Erdley or Lewis? Roy. Erdley. You see, I say Erdley, but I think you're going to say something I different. I think Lewis. I think he will play. I think Aaron Lewis is not not because I don't think Erdley is up to it but because I think he wants more legs on the flanks um, and I can see the right side changing. I think my my thinking is like he either played Harry and Lewis last night because Harry is on his way out of the side or Lewis is on his way into the side. And I think he played the pair of them to see how they would link up. Um, and on the back of last night's result would be interesting. So uh, attacking three, Roy, so from, from left to right, Andrade, Walker. Uh, be behind Walker, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. Andrade, Payne, Hesketh. Ben? Uh, I would probably say the same. I'm going to go Grant, Hesketh, Payne. I think he could play Jake Hesketh behind Tyler Walker and put Payne out wide, possibly. The way Hesketh played last night, there's every chance that he'll play. I thought he played really, really well. He's a good player, I think. Really, really yeah, well. he's a good player. And I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not even going to go Connor O'Connor or Connolly um, because I don't think that Michael O'Connor is going to going to get a game. I'm afraid I can't see him um, playing O'Connor. And we actually probably need O'Connor's tenacity in there to complement Joe Morrell, but I, I don't think it'll happen. Really. No, I think the central midfield is actually, bearing in mind the amount of midfielders that we've got, is actually a bit of a problem at the moment, to be honest with you. I thought Connolly did better on Friday night than he did against Southend, but then, you know, he did, well, mm. he did have a bit of a mare. Oxford. Oxford, sorry. He did have a bit of a mare against Oxford. My, my problem with him, sometimes he yeah. doesn't move the ball quick enough. Mm. And I think maybe at home we should be a bit more attacking, perhaps, and stick someone like Grant a bit deeper mm. and, and have him come in from deeper positions to join to join the lads up front. But that's just me. I like attacking football. So. I, I really, really think that George Grant will play because I think I think the way Grant Hesketh and Toffolo all linked up last night will have caught Michael Appleton's eye. I think it's got to have done. And, um, Do we know Grant's best position now? I mean, where's... For me, left wing. In my opinion. It's only an opinion. Yeah. Ben? Um, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think we're probably going to see... Uh, 
see that combo. Um, you know, from what you've said about the the way that they played together last night, it sounds like they were, you know, a real threat, and I, I hope that can continue. Yeah, I think um, I mean, the thing is the Man United right back. I think Tomo said that he thought that he had been uh, he had been snatched, um, and I, th- I think that's fair enough. And I also think that Sunderland, if I'm correct, which I know I am because I've just checked online while I've been talking, um, have <laughs> Conor, Mc- Conor McLaughlin has been playing right back for them. Now, McLaughlin took quite a bit of stick early doors because he made a few errors. And I just think our left, in, and I'm happy to be shot down by people who say I'm too happy clappy. When our left-hand side is working well, I think it's as good as any left-hand side in this division. Ipswich, Sunderland, Peterborough, and bear in mind Peterborough have got Marcus Madison. Um but I honestly think that Toffolo, Andrade, Grant, the, the football that they can play when they're on form is as good as anyone. And if we can isolate a right back and get crosses into the box, last night it didn't work because I don't think Big John attacks the right areas or certainly didn't last night. Um, Tyler Walker does. He proved that with the goal at Rochdale. And I, I just think um, I, 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 there's so much to be positive about apart from the fact that we're not winning games and that's the one thing. It's like it's like going looking at a Christmas tree in Debenhams going, it's so positive because there's all those presents under it, but you know that the shop assistant's wrapped up empty boxes. Do you know what I mean? Until you know that you're looking at your own Christmas tree with presents that have actually got, I don't know what people buy each other these days, <laughs> socks, games, books. Do you know what I mean? Once, when you know there's no empty boxes there, you're all right. And it wouldn't be so bad if we'd won one extra game in the last 10. Wouldn't it be so bad if we'd won last night? I tell you something. Not everyone that's moaning about us not winning last night. I'd rather lose one 0 to Man United and get a draw against Sunderland than I was beat Man United and lose to Sunderland. Man United kids, sorry, Marcus Needham. Man United kids. I don't want. I, don't, <laughs> I was. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that to come up. I don't want Citizen Needham on me, do I? Going, going, Man United. Blah blah blah. He was at proper football. He was watching Gainsborough last night because he's a real fan. Um, <laughs> and I love Marcus to pieces. Uh, well, not literally, obviously. Um, so yeah. Anyway, there we go. Right. So yeah, um, I, I don't know if there's much else that we want to want to chat about. I know that there's um, there's been some social media stuff today as we record. Uh, the club appear to be tweeting or teasing a new kit, which uh, which certainly seems interesting. I mean, it's the colours of the Lincolnshire flag, so it's going to be um, blue, yellow, green, and red, which. I mean, we'll have to see what it's like. I'm, I'm certainly probably going to end up picking it up because that's uh, that's what we do. But can't, um, see it, can't see it being a new kit, not one that we're actually going to play games in. I can see it being training kit, one-off special. You know, like hmm. they did that green one a few years ago. Yeah, I was going to say that, that green one where you could get your name on it and stuff. Yeah, I might, I might be wrong. I might, um, you know, as a member of the sports board, it isn't something that we've <laughs> we've seen or anything like that. So I'm not being coy on purpose. I've just actually looked on Twitter because I hadn't seen it. Roy did mention it when he first came around, but um, I am uh, I'm busier than an. No, actually, <laughs> uh, all my analogies there are, are, are bored on racial stereotypes, so um, I'm just really busy <laughs> at the minute. I, I was going to talk about Irishmen on the railways. I was going to talk about all sorts of stuff, um, but I, I don't know what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say these days. So I'm not. Well, it's all right. I can, edit, I can always edit the podcast. I mean, you can, always edit, you can always edit it in probably as well after my uh, after That's the snoring. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be honest, do you have any analogies for being busy, Ben? Because I got a bad night's sleep last night. I could just do with some some new material. <laughs> do you have any analogies for that, Ben? Utter prick. <laughs> it's been quite sweary tonight, and I haven't sworn once, I don't think. We had a couple yeah, of well, people from Roy. Yeah, We've had a lot from, from, from Ben as well. Yeah. Charlie Ben's back. Yes, Charlie hasn't made an appearance either. He's been laid here all night. So, <laughs> I mean, there is. I'll tell you what, let's, let's see if we can get one thing that might get sweary Gary on. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get something in. Uh, the referee for Saturday's game is Brett Huxtable. Can we play Jimbo's theme tune again for that? <laughs> Huxtable's a clown. He's unfit in two in, in both ways. He's unfit as in I could probably outrun him, and he's unfit as in he's not fit to referee. Um, he's a menace, an absolute menace, and he could decide the game. Let's just hope, because I've seen him away... I saw him at Port Vale when we won 6-2 and he gave them a dodgy penalty and denied us one. So let's hope he's a homer. 
Did he man? Did he referee Macclesfield last year as well? Macclesfield at home. Yeah, because I missed away, that. Yeah. I was at Northumberland. Um, He's a crap ref. Do you know what? I was thinking about this earlier when I first tweeted it. Why did the EFL have two or three referees that everybody knows are utter guff? It's almost like it's the <laughs> bonus ball or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. when, you, when you're doing your bet or your accumulator, it doesn't tell you who the referee is. It's the unknown. Do you know? So like over 2.5 goals for Saturday? Absolutely, because Huxtable's always ready to give a penalty. <laughs> it's the same with Stockbridge, isn't it? Yeah. It might be worth doing that. I might do an article looking back at referees and seeing which referees have more than 2.5 goals in a game. <laughs> there you go. Getting tips from me. The same guy that told you we were going to beat Oxford 2-1. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, uh, is there anything that we need to plug this week before we disappear? I would like very briefly to talk about uh, the patron thing on the Stacey West. Absolutely. Um, purely because I just wanted to clear uh, clear it up. And um, the reason I've gone towards patron system, I really wanted to get rid of the adverts for a start, uh, and they brought in a steady revenue stream every month uh, that covered things like the hosting costs, um, covered things you know, when I printed things off and given prizes away, all that sort of stuff. Um, and a little bit of income for me, because I'll be honest, you know, I, I kind of do it in works time now and I, I don't, I don't take an awful lot from it, but I do take some from it. Um, so I have gone to a, a patron scheme. Now at the moment we are planning, I think to put some adverts on, um, on here uh, to, to kind of help fund the podcast, which also costs quite a, you know, quite a bit of money, doesn't it? A year to, yeah. to set up as you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you do feel that you would like to become a patron of, of the Stacey West site, uh, and I, you know, I, I want to be very clear that um, I, I'm not trying to piggyback on the back of the pod as well, because we've we've also got a commercial thing, hopefully, that we're talking about that me and Ben spoke about off air. Mm-hmm. Um, please do. You know, it's it's in dollars because, you know, why make things easy? Um so there's a couple of levels, $2, which works out. I think it's $2.50 works out about two quid a month, something like that. Um, and it's just really, really important to me to be able to keep up the the level of content that I have been putting in. So um, if you do like the content and, and you do feel that you can spare me the, the price of a, a half pint these days, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, please do. And to everyone who has pledged, thank you very much. Uh, I will be doing a draw at the end of October and everyone who, does become a patron of the site. We'll go in that drawer, um, putting together some classic copies of the deranged ferret uh, for the drawer. I've got one or two duplicates, so that will be the first prize. Um, but you never know uh, what might pop up. So thank you for everyone who has done it. And if you feel that you'd like to, you can either find it on pinned on my Twitter feed or you can find it on stacywest.net. There you go. It's, it's key to, uh, to mention as well that it's not going to change uh, the the level of content or anything like that that's that's being put out. It's it's purely just as a sort of thing to try and uh, remove the ads and, and things like that on the site, isn't it? It's not like you're saying, right, well, I'm going to gate, you know, I'm going to um, put a gate on content for, for people that don't want to pay. No, absolutely not. The site will remain um, free in the strictest sense. Uh, there may be some some patron content, but it's it's not nothing that's on there now uh, is going to be taken away. Um, I certainly don't want to put it out of reach of, of people who um, don't who can't afford to or that don't want to, because some people might th- feel that it's you know that ginger prick's got his grasping paws out again. Do you know what I mean? If that's the case, yeah, absolutely fair enough. If you enjoy my writing, Are you that reading is reading my text. I would say that. Yeah, <laughs> I overheard. I, I think uh, I think your your partner has pledged, um, but she said that she didn't want any of the benefits that came when she pledged last time to marry you, which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was quite funny. She said uh, last time she uh, last time she had benefits with me, it ended up with her getting married, and uh, she doesn't want that again. So it's fair enough. No, fair enough. But, but you know, she does get uh, she does get plenty of sleep these days when the podcast goes live. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's it. I promise. Next week, I will absolutely do my best. But the, uh, the yeah, I will. I promise. I promise. Honestly. Ah, oh, dear. Anyway, right. Um, I don't think there's anything else that uh, that I need to plug this week. Um, Roy, is there anything you wanna you wanna plug or anything that you wanna say while you've got the opportunity to speak to literally hundreds of people? Um, just the website that I write for the Real EFL. Um, which gives coverage of um, League One and League Two, all the clubs uh, in League One and League Two, uh, news, transfer news, opinion, 
uh, match reaction, Twitter reaction. Um, follow us on Twitter um, at the Real EFL one one. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd like to plug, Ben. Excellent. There we go. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to try and get all three of us in a room together at one point because it does feel a bit uh, does feel a bit weird me being sat in my room and, and knowing that you guys are together, probably sharing a beer or not sharing a beer, but having a beer. Uh, I don't know. Neither of us drink. I forgot that. Anyway, <laughs> right. We will see you guys next week. Um, again, thank you, Roy, for coming on. Thank you for listening. Yeah, Do cheers. subscribe to the podcast. Sorry, yeah, uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review as well because reviews uh, do actually help um, help sort of give us a bit of a boosting up the ratings. And uh, it's always nice to get them through. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Cheers, bye. bye. Cheers, bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.